Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. Welcome back to On the Up and Up. I am literally thrilled to be able to introduce you to this week's guest because, A, we've gotten to work together really, really closely, just posted her testimonial to us today, but this isn't like a whole self-aggrandizing episode. Um, And B, because I think that there are so many of you the listeners that reach out that I talk to that are in very similar situations as Caitlin. So I'm hoping that you can learn from her both professionally as well as personally and how to navigate the balance between life and leadership. So Caitlin, why don't we just kick it off and have you introduce yourself? Because like I said, we've been friends now for a bit and it's always weird to read your friend's bio. So why don't you introduce yourself and your business and then we'll dive into all the juicy good stuff about HR and leadership. Awesome. Sounds great. So um, I'm Caitlin Parker. I am the founder of Copy Uncorked. I am a brand strategist, a conversion copywriter, um, you know, mix of titles. And through Copy Uncorked, we are a part agency, part education hub. And we, as we like to say with our wine theme, we pour up um, compelling copy for modern founders who are poised to grow and scale. So we specialize in brand messaging and website copy. Um, as well as offering all types of different a la carte copy. And then our education side of things is known as CUEDU. And we help non-copywriters and just entrepreneurs in general um, DIY their copy with additional resources. Amazing. And I know that there's so much value that goes into copy. I know that we're going to dive into that a little bit more later, but especially for creatives or even people offering professional services, other consultants that maybe listen to this from the perspective of like maybe how I started where I was like, I thought copy and font were the same thing. So like, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, That's amazing. I got very (laughs) aggressively corrected by our marketing consultant. And I think that one thing I learned really quickly and early on in business is how absolutely fundamentally important copy is to the point where on my team, we only have four people and one of them is a professional copywriter. So there's just so much like respect and big ups to what you do, but also there's so much that we can learn from you. So I love that you have that education side where you can actually write compelling copy yourself and hopefully save some money for those that may be just starting out. Um, but before we dive into all of that, can you talk a little bit about your villain origin story and how you got here and who kind of contributed to your leadership journey along the way and those villains along the way too? Yeah, I feel like I have such a mix of influences and bosses and coaches because I was an athlete growing up and played sports my whole life and played division one field hockey in college and went through all my growing pains and growing years and challenges with, you know, my, my coach and our dynamic during those four years of my life. And then I jumped right into a sales job that had a very weird corporate culture that was like, um, it was like, we were still in college. Like it was just very party centric. And, you know, the bosses were pretty much as old as 
the first year recruits out of college. Like it was just a whole interesting experience. And then I started working for Lululemon and that's when like, I feel like my eyes were just really open to like the world of leadership and branding. And I went to so many different like seminars and trainings and conferences uh, through Lululemon and had really, really great bosses who like definitely changed my trajectory. It was like, I was going through a lot on the personal side and they were very nurturing bosses that taught a lot about like um, being self-led and personal accountability. And like I had used to have this big thing with justification and it was like a very feedback driven culture. And so it just like tore down all the walls, <laughs> you know, that you had. And so I learned so much about myself and I learned a lot about like leading others, even from a retail floor. And so that was a really cool experience. And then I went on to get my master's in strategic communications. And I also was working for the university at the time and had a boss who was like, very, very passionate about his work, but very detached. He was also a professor at the university. And so I was like, on my own, (laughs) to just kind of figure things out. And I think that's when my like creativity and my um, interest in entrepreneurship started flourishing, because I was like, already kind of on my own and like started my LLC. And, and then I worked for a marketing agency and I had really great bosses who were really passionate about their work. And they, um, were really strong on the operational, like HR side of things. And so I feel like that was really cool to just see people who were actually like running really tight systems that I hadn't previously seen. I was usually the one who was like asking those questions like, oh, like, what do we do here? Where can I find this? And they were very on top of it. So um, we all worked really well together. And I feel like it gave me just a good picture of what I wanted to bring to Copy and Corked when I eventually stepped out and started doing this um, full time. So I feel like I've had almost every different type of leader and have definitely probably appreciated the ones who have a little bit more structure in place and kind of like uh, really lead by example. Yeah, I love that. And in the emulation of some of the managers and leaders that you've had in the past, can you think about a time when something that someone said or did like really specifically that like has even impacted you or is part of the story you tell yourself as you develop your leadership now as an entrepreneur? Um, I don't know. I had one, my, one of my Lululemon bosses named Brooke, she just like had such a warm energy and you could always just tell that like she cared so much about the business and the store, but she also really cared about the person. And so it's like, I came to her respecting that she was a business, you know, she was, she was running the store like a business owner, but at the end of the day, she like just had that personal element to her. And I can be very like type A task focused and task oriented. And so I feel like it would always just kind of like melt my walls a little bit. And so it's something that I feel like I've tried to be conscious of as a leader now is like when I want to just dive straight into like what we need to get done today or what we need to do and how we need to approach things. It's like, I try to be more of that, like support and check in with the team and be a little bit more relational as much as I can, because it matters. And, you know, I, I appreciated that when I was being led. And so I want other people to feel that too. Yeah. We kind of forget about that sometimes. I think like we see a lot of stuff out there. That's all about the data of having a team, the numbers that come up with having a team, the KPIs, even little things like creating this like massive SOP library and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think that 
the if you're able to find that balance of actually bringing your full self to work as a leader, it's going to get you a lot farther than an SOP library. And being able to remember that, like, even though it takes energy and time, like infusing yourself into your team and like infusing relationships into that, which I know you're really great at because I've seen it. Um, but it's hard. Like, I think I want to just like throw it out there that like on the hard days, it's like, no, I don't have any room for anyone else. Like I have to just get through this. And given where you're at now, you know, a few weeks out of having your first kid, I'm sure that you've had a lot of those moments over the last few months. Can you talk a little bit about what you've learned in the last, let's say just like year or so, especially because if you don't already know, Caitlin is about to birth a baby. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about how your, how your approach to leadership has changed in the last year or so. Yeah. I mean, it's just part of if So where do I even begin? It's hard to like really take a hard look at the amount of things that you're actually touching. And it's just, there's a lot of like storylines we tell ourselves in our head of things that we have to own or we have to oversee. And it really is hard to let go of certain things. And I think leaning into the talented team members that we do have and really putting as much trust as possible into to the work they're doing. And my husband and I like to travel a lot. And so that's been like good test runs of like, you know, traveling and like things not falling apart. And you're like, oh, like it's almost that realization of, okay, like I don't have to touch everything. And part of why I'm doing this and building this team is so that I can take a breather at times. And um, I've also learned that to like, get the best out of others. I have to keep putting the best of myself into it too. You know, like that sounds very cliche, but um, it's, I don't know. It's been a little bit of a dance, I guess. Um, and trying to really understand like what tasks need to fall under my plate and understanding like profitability as well. Like where can I make sure that the work that I'm doing is actually moving the business forward and generating like the highest, most efficient profit, and then using work really smart on the fulfillment side versus before I feel like it was just so much of survival of like the work was coming in and we were just trying to fulfill the work and we were all just running, you know, versus trying to create a little bit more um, balance and clear delegation between roles and assignments and responsibilities and working a little bit more collaboratively as a team. So it's been hard and it, it definitely approaching maternity leave has forced me to look really hard at what I do. And I'm super curious to see how <laughs> it's going to go and play out. Like if like friends and family have been asking me and I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm prepared and we'll find out, you know, I don't, I don't know what I don't know yet. Um, but I am thankful that it has forced me to kind of look at how it can look differently and how I can step back on some things that I felt the need to like, control or, you know, stay on top of. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's just, it's something that I think so many of us are like constantly working towards is understanding the balance between being in total control and also really learning to truly delegate. And mm -hmm. I think tests you like a forced upcoming sabbatical. So <laughs> there's always that. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. I want to and I want to switch gears just a, a little bit because I know we could probably talk all about leadership and team and all of that stuff, but your expertise and what I think a lot of our listeners are going to be so pumped about is just the whole brand messaging and how important that is to entrepreneurship. And 
Can you, just to kind of segue in, can you talk a little bit about when you decided to go back to school for strategic communication and, you know, making that decision and like what kind of like was in like the guts or the brain juice of Caitlin that made you think, wow, I really have a knack for this. Like, were there moments in your career that pushed you towards it? Tell us a little bit about how you got there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was an English major during my undergrad and it was like before the explosion of the internet, you know, it was like Facebook was a thing, but it was when we were still using like a college email address to be able to like have a Facebook account and, you know, Instagram, I think became a thing post-college and blogging was like very newly being introduced. And so I started blogging, but I was most mostly focused on like writing and sharing about like my faith or fitness or things that I was interested in. And I was like trying to figure out how to use this English degree because that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I really loved branding and marketing. And so I was like trying to find a career, but I didn't really have like an internship or the experience in the field that I wanted. And so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to school and give myself some additional education and try to figure it out. And through that program, they were like, this is copywriting. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's sales, it's branding, it's marketing, it's writing, it's creativity. It's like all of these different things that I've been trying to like stuff into one cup that I didn't even <laughs> know was a thing. Um, and then it really did just illuminate a lot for me because it, it immediately just creates an open door when we have the vocabulary and the language to articulate something that we're offering for other people. So where they have a light bulb moment, because now they can understand why they need our services. Otherwise, you have this big gap between people where there's, there's literally a communication breakdown because the business owner can't articulate why their potential customer needs what they have to offer. So they keep going, sinking money into additional marketing campaigns or into fulfillment, into team, and the message is never getting across versus when we communicate clearly, the audience understands, it makes everything else flow more fluidly. So um, yeah, copywriting was a light bulb moment for me. And it's been something that ever since then, I like just want to give <laughs> to other people for them to be able to like better understand how messaging can be that missing gap between all the different things they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I know even in the process of building a team and, you know, that you, you're kind of a unique client for us because you already had your team and you just wanted to like really streamline them. So we didn't have to go through much of like a hiring process or anything like that, that a lot of our clients will walk alongside them with. But one thing that I thought was really admirable and something that you didn't have to learn or we didn't, I don't want to say we didn't have to teach, but like a lot of times we'll have these discussions with our clients is that you really put a premium on people that understand their subject matter and understand their expertise and bringing those people to be a part of or play a role within either your team's business or even in helping others. So can you talk a little bit about why you put a premium on subject matter experts and how that drives your decision making as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun to work with people who are just really a passionate about what they do in their craft. And I, I'm someone who just like kind of has a growth mindset. I always want to like learn and get better. And so I find that when someone is a subject matter expert, usually they got that way because they're similar in that way. They want to keep learning. They want to keep absorbing. And I think, especially in this entrepreneurial online world, it's like, we have to keep learning and adapting and growing or like 
you get left behind because this world changes so quickly. Um, and because copywriting is such a specialized skill set and then the different like roles that we've needed within the team, it's just like those are the people that I love working with on a day-to-day basis. It makes it super fun. We can be collaborative. I get excited about the value that we can bring to clients. Like it's just one of those things that um you know, it's, it's, it's worth paying for and investing in, you know what I mean? When people bring that level of education and experience and a willingness to collaborate and continue to learn together, it just, it excites me and it's made me enjoy the work too. And I think, you know, to, to kind of piggyback on that a little bit, it really does help us keep our teams in a place where it's very collaborative and culturally driven, but like we can't always afford to have someone on our team with this passion about their subject. So it helps us keep those like small teams tight if that's what your goals are, which I think we mm-hmm. both share that. Like we want to have like, you know, a fun, small, tight knit, very focused team. So having subject matter experts that can come in and lend their expertise is one way to kind of accomplish that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever had in like the time that you've owned your business, have you ever had an experience that was just absolutely like blew it out of the water when it, besides us, of course, um, that when it came to your like outsourcing or service providers and what were some of, this is all going somewhere, I swear, but what were some of the things that you pulled <laughs> from that experience that you were like, this is a client experience. Like this is a brand, like this is something I've experienced that's really delivering. Um, Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you guys are a great example in the sense that you have a very clear service with a very clear objective. It had a clear time frame. It had a number of deliverables. It had regular check-in points. You took the time to actually review those deliverables with people, which I do think is something that often gets missed. It's like the work just gets created and handed off. And then there's kind of this like drop off and the client is left like, how do I implement? What do I do from here? So. Yeah, that was really a great experience for me. I feel like I've done a mix of things where I've done a lot of like one-off intensives with people or, you know, we've invested in the brand a few times. We've, well, the brand one time, but like the website or, you know, stuff like that. But um, I'm trying to think of any other like really big service things that I invested in that wasn't related to like a course or something like that. But I, yeah, I really did love y'all's experience because of the checkpoints and the communication and how it was just like, I, I knew what I was getting and I knew the expected result that I was hoping to have come from that versus it kind of just being this open-ended, like, oh, we're going to have a three month coaching package and see what comes up and see what happens. And maybe there will be deliverables, you know, depending on what you need. It was like, this is how this is going to be. And they were customized and tailored to everything that, you know, was relevant for me at the time. Yeah. And I was kind of just like hoping to dig into your brain a little bit because something about Copy Uncorked that I think really stands out is just your brand is like, so your brand, like it's not like beige and blah and whatever. And it's like in every single thing you do, like even within 10 seconds of this podcast, it was infused with your language. And I think that that reflects the client's experience in a way. So Mm -hmm. like when we're talking, you know, in this conversation, I want to get to the bottom of like, why was that something that was so important to you? Was it just like, well, here's a bunch of wine Mm. stuff like laid out on a table or why, you know, like, what was it more? Was it more like, no, because you've made the intentional decision to take this 
brand and really mm-hmm. like wrap it around your identity as a business business mm-hmm. owner. So I want to know a little bit about why you decided to do that, why that's so great for brands and how that shows up when you're working with your clients. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. So I feel like two experiences, definitely my time at Lululemon because that I feel like is where I really learned like the language of being on brand, speaking on brand, like everything there was just like very Lululemon. And I like lived and breathed that culture for a few years. And I, you know, I wanted to work for corporate. I was like striving to work my way up in the company, like And so I just immersed myself in that. And then the second and biggest influential thing behind Coffee Uncorked was my husband and I actually went to France and we went to the Champagne region. And my undergrad was in Charlottesville. There were vineyards all over. You know, I'd I'd been to Napa before and usually it's like you can just walk in and at least in Charlottesville, you kind of just belly up to the bar and you're like, hey, I'm here to do a tasting. And, you know, it's super casual. You lay down picnic blankets, but In France, it was like you had to call, you had to have a reservation, they took you on a tour, they educated you throughout the process, everything was very themed, every champagne house had a different vibe and a different experience to it, and it was just like two or three of like the most magical, you know, days that we'd ever had, and so I just was like, as a writer at the time, I was like, how can I like bottle up this type of experience and create that through Coffee Uncorked, and so on the plane on the way home half of the messaging and the language just kind of came to me on the plane. And I was like, just scratch writing on a notepad. And I think that has just like been my guiding force ever since. Like anytime that like, you know, I'm on Pinterest or I see other brands doing stuff that I'm inspired by. I always just try to bring it back into the lane and the lens of copy and corks. Like, okay, but what is true for us? Like I can love this. I can be inspired by this, but then how do we kind of make it something that, people look at it and they see copy uncorked, you know, versus it just kind of looking like a bunch of other stuff. So I'm very big on like thematic elements, creating an experiential brand, um, really giving it that characterization or like personification where you can even from just like the props in your brand photos to the language in your headlines, to the design of your emails. It's like every touch point just exudes the brand values and what the copy is saying, because I truly believe that is also how we make the copy like carry more weight is when when everything that you're seeing, feeling, experiencing is true. And we work on that with our clients a lot is like, okay, if they're, you know, claiming something or they say, this is the vision that we have, we're like, okay, well, how can we work these elements into your process? Or how can we make this part of your service? Or how can you further surprise and delight clients so that when someone reads copy from you, they're so inspired by it because it's so true of you versus it just being words. So we just strive to like really make sure that nothing is empty and that everything kind of has like a purpose and an undercurrent to it. Yeah. And it's so fun to see because everything you post, everything you send out, your emails, all of it is so memorable. Like, I think that that's one of the things that as a person that's not, that just does HR, you know, it's like, we don't, we love to be inspired by all these brands like yours. And at the same time, it's like, it's not just for shits and giggles, essentially. Like it's actually has a meaning. Like it is memorable. Like I know, oh, Caitlin sent an email about that because of the way that you use the language. So how do you, I mean, I know you offer this service, but like, how do you translate that over to other people's brands? Like, what are some of the things that you're looking for when you're helping advise on something like this? 
Yeah, um, we definitely like spend the time a kind of getting to know them, their their background, their influences, their perspective, like what is their big idea or their way of seeing things like the other reason that the wine theme like fit for me for Copy Uncorked was because what I wasn't liking that I was seeing in the online marketing world was everything was like neon and flashy and bright, big, bold fonts. And it just, it felt high pressure sales. And so my like big idea perspective was like, we can make copywriting feel like you're at happy hour at golden hour in good company. You know, you can make it feel like something that's calming and you can make a decision, a purchasing decision from an educated place. So that perspective informs everything else that we write. So when we work with a client, we figure out what annoys you about your industry. What makes you mad? What do you feel like you do really well? What do your clients rave about you at the end of you know, your experience? And we comb through testimonials and voice of customer to try to like fill in the gaps of what's not being said by a lot of their competitors and present something new, even if the product or service itself isn't necessarily new. It makes you think about it in a new way. And then whenever somebody does have, um, you know, a big personality or there's a personality element to their brand, we try to infuse the rest of the language again with any of those little thematic elements um, that they may love or appreciate, whether it's the ocean, we've done pizza, we've done (laughs) the outdoors, we've done all kinds of different like themes for clients that again, like you said, are just memorable and allow people to like um, have those like brand monikers where you see them and you're like, oh, that makes me immediately think of this person. Wait, I love that because I never thought about using, because again, like I forced my copywriter who wrote all my website, my sales pages four years ago to be on my team. So, and she's listening to Uh this now, but so I've never, she's always had such like a clear voice of our brand. And so I've never actually had to sit down and think about that. So it's funny to think about what having asking your, yourself that when you're thinking of your brand, like what are the things in your that your competitors are saying that annoy you or bother you? And like that'll mm-hmm. show you like where you want to stand, like what stance you want to take. That's such an interesting way to think about it. And I know that, yeah, like go ahead if you were, I don't know if you wanted to capitalize on that a little more. Or something we talk about within our team too is it's almost like your method acting at times when you're writing for other people, like you know. First, you have to figure out what you're trying to say, but then the most important part of messaging and copy is how you're trying to say it. And so it's like, you have to do all the initial research and the work of like, what are we communicating? Because at the end of the day, this has to actually make sense. And then at the end, kind of through the editing process is when you give it like that flair and that fun. And I, if I was writing for you, I'd put on like my Kira hat and it wouldn't be just like, (laughs) Caitlin writing something and trying to make it sound good, it would be like, what is the lens that Kira like sees life and sees HR and would write about this particular subject? So yeah, it's, it's fun. It like gets you outside of your own head and is always something different. That is like so interesting to think about because as you were saying that I was thinking about how in good HR or in good team management, in good leadership, we often want to understand the perspectives of the people around us. But, and we're, we're constantly teaching people like curiosity is the key to good management, like understanding the perspectives of the people that 
you're talking to, dealing with, leading, or even the people above you, managing up is really difficult, but can be a really huge gap. Like it can fill a huge gap in, in your motivation if you understand why the person above you is telling you these things. Mm -hmm. So I wonder mm -hmm. if that like translates over really easy for you when you're starting to build a team. And if you could, I mean, I've never, this is like totally unplanned and I'm just like off the cuff, but I mean, what are some of the ways that you put on that method acting hat? Like what questions do you ask yourself? Like, how do you get yourself into that mode? And just because I'm thinking like for people that are learning to lead, that is such a useful skill. Like take a second, put it on, look at the, through the lens of someone else. Like you often find a lot of really great connecting pieces. So what are, what are some ways that you get mm -hmm. yourself in that mode? I know it's like totally off the, like, I did not warn you for this. I'm like, teach us how to be another person immediately. <laughs> but no. like, you know, just talk us, talk us through that process. Is it like a light the candle, turn off the lights, meditate for 30 minutes? Or is it like going on their socials, looking at websites, thinking of, you know, like, how are we getting in their head? Yeah. I feel like I have a lot of different like strategies for that, but, um, personality tests is huge. And we have that in some of our client forms is like asking our clients. And I ask my team what their Enneagram or what their, uh, used to be called strengths finder. Now I, I think it's like Clifton strengths or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the Enneagram, when I learned about that was like mind blowing for me because it's so easy for us to think that we all interpret information the same way that we digest it the same way that we have the same communication styles and preferences, but we just simply don't. And when you understand the way that somebody else thinks and processes information, you can tailor your communication to them in a way that it's going to be received better. Um, so that's something that I try to think about a lot. And it's almost kind of like, um, it's also like a negotiation tactic um, that the, I learned recently from the lead FBI negotiator where like you do mirroring, you know, if you're like, talking to someone and they're kind of talking to you in a particular style or tone or level that you match that and you mirror because it creates a level of comfort. Everyone becomes a little bit more open. So that's something that I feel like I try to do from like a relational leadership perspective and also a little bit of like understanding and writing for my clients. Um, and then other ways that I feel like I get inspired is, yeah, I definitely go through people's Instagram. I like, I scroll through any historical content that they've provided us with to really like read all their captions, see the images, the things that they've been putting out there. And I'm just like, I'm reading it as if I wrote it and I'm paying attention to the cadence and the flow of the way that they're communicating it. And you're like literally trying it on and then you try to replicate that same approach. Um, so visuals can really help me with copywriting or with understanding, um, other people too. It's just like, what are they visually drawn to? What are they drawn to from a written perspective and taking all of that into account, um, when I'm trying to communicate back with them. Yeah, that is such a good, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really see the connection between copy and HR until very recently when we started to create culture guides for our clients because they were mm -hmm. able to articulate their brand because of, you know, by the time you get to this point, they've, you've worked with a Caitlin, you've gotten some coaching, you understand your voice. Some people really, really well. Some people just, you know, 
almost there developing whatever but the internal culture is often like so different from mm-hmm. the external vibe and like being able to marry the two can be really confusing for applicants or new people coming in because they're they may be looking at your Instagram which is pers- like this one perspective or this one perception and then they jump into the team and they're like whoa this is totally different like it's a completely right. different ball game, like the employer brand. So I love that we were kind of able to take that one step further because I mean, I think that there's just so much that copywriters, that brand strategists are dealing with that leaders can pull from and try to Mm -hmm. adapt to. But there's all this like intangible leadership advice that like nobody really like knows how to get through. So that cultural perspective really like kind of jumps out and like be building the internal company culture is, is pretty different from the external. So on that note, mm-hmm. what have you noticed that is different with the way that you intentionally run and lead your team versus the way that your brand is displayed outwardly? If there are any differences, I know some companies, there's a big gap, some they're kind of the same, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've had people like interested applicants before be like, oh, do you really like sit around drinking wine all day? And I'm like, I mean, no, (laughs) like (laughs) not just, I mean, I'm pregnant right now, but no, like we very much like have more of a professional culture and kind of like get down to work. And that's why some of our language though is like, it's not just all funny, punny wine memes and stuff like that. It's like, we try to write um, with intelligence and sometimes it has like more depth to it and it like conveys thoughtfulness and stuff like that because we're trying to approach it, even though we have this alcohol theme from like a level of appreciation because it takes grapes a long time to grow and to produce this incredible in product. So again, it just goes back to like that whole theme of our values of like slow growth is good, you know, and this level of intentionality and um, being steadfast and all of that. So I think there are some things that could maybe look like, you know, we're just more, more playful than maybe some of my personality sometimes is. Again, I'm like a little bit more type A and I can go more like intense, serious before I like let loose. But that's also why I love and appreciate wine because that helps, like that is a balance for me. You know what I mean? That's something that's like, that's fun that I tie into family and social time and enjoyment. So, um, yeah, I I think our team like has gravitated towards that in a way though. And I feel like, uh, is, is similar in that sense where they really like, like the balance they like coming in and working hard and then having that thing that we, you know, it could not be wine. You don't have to like wine to to work at coffee and court, but, um, you know, that like, brings balance and brings something else to our life. And it feels experiential and is like, gives us something to draw on when we're writing and talking about life and work and stuff like that. So I don't know if that totally answers your question, but that's just one example that comes to mind. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, it's just so hard not to speak in literal puns when talking about this because it's like it's such a good blend like I'm just like (laughs) I know I'm telling you they're prevalent they're everywhere (laughs) but I do I mean uh, from an outside perspective looking in I feel like your outside brand is fairly close to the way that you've led your team at least you know from the things that I've seen like it's very focused on quality and education it's not a two buck chuck situation like your team Mm -hmm. sticks around for a long time they really appreciate what they're doing you guys have solid relationships. Like 
there is that all like I realize as I'm saying that that all sounds amazing and everybody wants it. But the truth is like not every culture, you don't necessarily want it. Like some people mm-hmm. want to be way more disengaged from their team and that's yeah. okay. You're going to attract those people. So I think yep. it's interesting because yours kind of falls where there is some overlap, but also there is a little bit of difference, like just in the way that you run the team and it's very strategic and straightforward where coffee and court can sometimes feel like the end of the day, lean back in a chair and just relax and like let things blow by. So it's super yeah. important to be intentional with hiring because that's what they're seeing from you. They're not seeing your employer brand. They're not seeing what's going on in the right. inside. Both equally great, right. but like it's not one is better than the other, but we have to be really careful when we're choosing our team to make sure that we're really speaking to that true internal culture. Um, yes, it's so true. And like, again, with just the world of like brand photo shoots and, you know, like Instagram content and all the things that we're putting out there, it's like, you don't want to sell this day-to-day vision. You, just like you don't want to overpromise and under under deliver to your clients. You don't want to like overpromise the super fun work thing where it seems like, you know, all we do is team retreats and fun and hang out and, you know, and then they're tasked with these big projects that take months to fulfill and it doesn't feel fun. And then the expectation isn't met and, you know, it kind of falls apart from there. But yeah, it, it is true that like, it doesn't always have to look like that. And you, I, you do have to kind of choose what level of involvement you want to have or are willing to have, you know, when hiring and as, as a leader, like how much of yourself are you willing to give and put into this versus are you looking for something where you can be a little bit more removed and you can make that um, really obvious from the beginning? Yeah, it's hard to, I think sometimes it's hard when we're entrenched in our own brand and trying to market constantly and sell in a lot of, you know, smaller businesses, that is the, the role of the founder. That is the person that's also doing the HR. So it's kind of hard to kind of separate that and make sure that you're not only true to yourself in the way that you talked about the brand and the decisions you make for your offers and stuff, but also on the internal side and being okay with being direct about the things that might look a little different or being direct about that's not how we operate. That's not how our culture runs. Like it's fine to say that. Like I think some Mm -hmm. people think, you know, because of TikTok probably like culture is just whatever BS nonsense. And it's like, well, it sounds like you've had corporate experiences that really helped you to enmesh in the culture and you're creating a culture like that. Like it does, it isn't always negative and work 24 seven and whatever, like it can be different than that. So I love that you've been able to exemplify it. For our last question, I want to just talk a little bit about the entrepreneur mindset. So we talked about the Enneagram. We've talked a little bit, talked about leadership, brand, you know, branding, all of that good stuff. But I think the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur is the roller coaster <laughs> that you're just always on. So when it, you know, being more seasoned and also working with so many successful businesses, how do you kind of combat that mindset? Like how do you make sure that you're keeping it in check, especially in going through this major transition in your life? Yeah, I think it definitely helps to like um, find your people and like, just the people who have either been part of your journey from the beginning that you can go to for encouragement or even just like being open and honest, like kind of like dropping the weight of expectation that you may maybe feel to put on like in front of your team or in front of your clients or on social media. And like any time that I've been able to spend with people in real life, like those fellow entrepreneurs have become some of my best friends, you know, that I, still talk to all the time. So that's helped me a ton. It's just like getting in community and speaking with other people. And then, um, my husband's also an entrepreneur. Uh, 
my sister owns her own business. So I feel like there are people around me that I also speak to in my personal life. And I just try to find like the stability in the roller coaster and something that I learned at Lululemon, they sent us all to this like training called like the landmark certification or whatever, but they would always talk about how humans are like meaning making machines and we just like assign meaning to everything. And so if I look at the roller coaster of entrepreneurship and I assign meaning to that and I'm like, that means it's chaotic. That means it's horrible. That means I need to be anxious. I need to panic. I need to freak out. And I just like dump all this meaning onto the roller coaster is when things start going south versus if I'm just like, oh my gosh, entrepreneurship is a roller coaster, which means tomorrow is probably going to be a lot better. And I'm one email away from really good news or really great feedback. And like, you just have to celebrate the really good moments and allow those to continue fueling you and just have a short memory of the stuff that feels draining and tiring. And if you truly know it's out of your wheelhouse, like if it's for me, it's, um, compliance and HR, finance, legal. So those are the first people that I'm calling to invest in because I know that's going to like completely stress me out. Hannah on my team knows I hate project management and timelines and like quoting on my own drives me crazy. So she knows that's a big part of her role because I get hung up on it. So I try to find the things that like keep me in the down part of the roller coaster and try to fill my days and, you know, fill the people that I'm surrounding myself with, with as much as the up trajectory as possible. And I think that brings a lot more balance. Yeah, it, it, that's such a, I mean, that's just the greatest way to end because I think anyone who's listening to this, whether they're the business owner, the founder, a big player, an HR department of one at a small company, whatever the case may be, being able to like really talk yourself out of those. I love how you called it like a short memory for the bad things and like really grasping on to the fact that you're only one email away from the next good news. Like we can tell ourselves that, but the community aspect of being able to tell each other that is also really, really important. Like I'm probably just going to like clip this out and like put it on my phone and be like, remember this, remember this. Cause when you're positive, it's easy to absorb it and it creates more, Mm -hmm. more good, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really, I really believe that like the more that you bring in, that's positive, the more you put out, that's positive. And we have yeah. to be able to do that. And the autonomy of it. Like, I think that's the other piece that's just like, re- like remaining in choice. Like if you're like, okay, this is so hard, but I am choosing this because it's like the kind of hard that I like, like at any point in time, I could change something. I could, you know, f- stop taking on projects for a month and go on a vacation. Like the fact that I have that level of freedom and the ability to make a change, even if I don't, even if I like let myself stay stuck at times or, you know, whatever, like the fact that I could, I love. And so it's like going back to gratitude and just being like, okay, well, this is really cool. And this is better than the alternative. And, you know, I want to make a living for myself and my family. And so these are the things that I'm choosing to be hard and to run with. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful for entrepreneurship and it is definitely a roller coaster and I've learned so much, but I've learned a lot about myself through the process, um, which has been really rewarding too. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like that's just something we kind of have to just keep pumping each other up. Like, you know, even if you're on social media or whatever, like nobody's ever talking about having those bad times, those low sales, those like you know, cash flow issues. And they do happen all the time. Like they truly happen all the time. But 
I would, when I first learned about this, like being able to do this and like having this business and figuring out this industry. And I was like, I can't believe how not trapped I am now. Like, yeah, in my early thirties, I was like, I did not, I thought I was trapped in with these golden handcuffs for the rest of my life. Like no choice in the matter. So I love what you said about that. It's another really great thing to hold on to it. This shit is hard. Okay. Like, Sorry, it's really hard. And I don't care how successful you look, if your branding's perfect, it's in order, like you've never done one typo in your life. Like every single founder that I talk to, every company we work with, whether they're a $20 million company or a $1 million or just trying to get past the half a million, like it is hard for all of us. So, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Like I just want everyone to feel seen and heard, even after listening to someone like you that's been around the block, super successful, like impeccable brand. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It can be hard for all of us. So is there anything else that, I mean, I know we kind of touched a little bit on a couple of your services, but I want you to kind of lay it all out there just because I know the value of copy can take your business from like a baby business to something that's like literally making sales in the background and defining who you are as a business owner. So I'd love for people to know where Mm -hmm. to find you. It's so great to have somebody that we trust we can send people to. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you can find pretty much everything we have to offer at copyuncorked.com and on Instagram at copyuncorked. Um, and then from that site, you'll see various resources. You'll see our brand new course that we just um, completely redid and launched this fall called the Essential Copy Course. And it's predominantly a written course and it's very step-by-step really walking you through uh, positioning and messaging on the front end so that you're writing your copy from an informed place versus just sitting down and trying to come up with clever headlines and quick body copy that you can throw up on your site and will probably want to change within a month. Again, we're like trying to teach you how to do it in a way that it has staying power and longevity. Um, So we love that course. That's a great place to start if you're kind of like dipping your toes in or you're not quite ready for a full project or a full investment. And then we also offer um, our one-on-one agency services And copywriting and messaging is a great thing to do on the front end of a rebrand or a website project or, um, you know, at at any point when you have a pretty clear idea of your vision, your offers and what you're trying to accomplish, but you feel like the missing piece is the articulation and the communication of it so that you can maximize sales and make sure that when people are visiting your stuff, they get what you do and they need it. Um, And those packages are custom and with our team and typically, you know, anywhere from a four to six to eight week project. And we write it all for you and make you look and sound awesome and get you off to the design phase so you can launch whatever you're doing. Yes. And not that I can totally take credit for this because I absolutely cannot. But even though when you listen to this, Caitlin will hopefully be well on her way to motherhood, like almost there. Um, Her team is incredible, well-trained. The quality is truly there. So don't hesitate to reach out because Caitlin will still have her hand in the pot, I'm sure, even though we're supposed to be kicking her out of here. But I would say that (laughs) last year, nine months or so since we met, it was all prepping to make sure that your team could care for your clients in a way that's not even going to feel like you're not around. So I know that as small business owners, that's what we all want. And that is what Caitlin has taken the time and intention to set up. So I'm super excited for 
what's coming next for you and this new adventure Thank and you. everything that's that's right around the corner. So make sure you visit the show notes, follow Caitlin, learn from her, take her course. Trust me, it was not like a throw some words on Thinkific situation. We knew <laughs> like she's been, this is like a real, like it literally has set the tone for how I think that people should approach creating courses now. It's so competitive and it's so hard. It has to have something of value. And yours really does for not only copywriters that could learn a ton from you, but also for business owners that want to try to figure it out on their own. So thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Kira. Thank you so much for having me and just for the impact that you've made on me and my year. And I thank the world of you guys. So thank you. Well, I can't wait to see our baby be born. Okay. I (laughs) know. I'm so excited. (laughs) Bye. Oh, I forgot. I'm supposed to say the outro now because we just changed around our podcast a little bit. So I'll see you next Wednesday. Make sure you rate and review. Make sure you follow every single thing that we link in the show notes. And I love you so much for listening. Goodbye. 